there is a very interesting part okay uh, when we were kids right a tv show used to come known as parambir chakra yes yes so that that was pre kargil war that was pre kargil war yes so it showcased the life of all the paravi chakravinas okay yes. so so that is the one i got my exposure to indian army especially the life of second lieutenant arun khetrpal so he okay. was 21 when he when he laid down his life and he got up on a beach lakshya i would say is such a movie that has inspired a generation of soldiers yes, a generation of officers it yeah it's yes. a cult classic i, I mean like i can vouch for it cuz and one such movie i would say border was one such movie and uh, in this generation i would say shersha can be one such movie yes. that will create another generation of army officers but lakshya was one such movie that created a generation of army officers what the army looks for are something uh, we can google it it's called olqs there are 15 mm-hmm. of them olq means officer like qualities so okay. how well you gel with the team how well you are aware of your surroundings how is your physical fitness everything matters everything matters so it's a test of personality i would say you can prepare for it preparing for ssb is like uh, changing uh, not changing your life means you you are updating your life choices you are upgrading your life choices so it's not like an exam that i prepare for it's not like a crash course that i prepare mm-hmm. for 15 days i give the exam and it's done really mahendra singh dhoni also is uh, captain in territorial army he is a lieutenant colonel with 106th infantry 106th uh-huh. infantry is a para uh, sf regiment so i think it's headquartered in bangalore <laughs> when we hear about indian army our heart fills with pride at some point in our life maybe in school days or college days all of us might have thought about getting into that uniform of air force indian army or indian navy so today we have a guest who is a corporate guy like me however at some point in his career he appeared for national defense academy examination and cracked it also at the first attempt so today he is going to share all his experiences from that uh, phase of his life when he appeared for nda exam and he further went into ssb rounds also many more things about indian army and indian defense facilities please join me in welcoming mr amlan malik who is a very good friend of mine and let me know what you think about it please like share and subscribe to this channel if you like the content thank you enjoy the podcast Hello Amlan uh welcome to the geeky pod with Manas Thank you thanks a lot Manas thanks for inviting me So first of all tell mm-hmm. me like what are you up to now in your career like So yes so as you know that both of us uh, started our journey almost together like in 2015 when we passed out college we walked into the realm of IT sector <laughs> so it yeah. has been like it has been a very interesting journey for me okay. I, i joined a reputed it firm over uh, you know, from the campus placement and it continued just like any other it engineer you switch companies you learn new technologies you work you grow that's it so now i'm working for a startup for germany so that is where i'm currently okay. now so you are in a work from home mode yes currently i'm in a work from home mode i there are talks of uh, me shifting to germany let's see uh, wow great i'm not I am not pushing for it they are not pushing for it let the status quo remain okay okay <laughs> great if it happens good <laughs> right i don't know yeah it's fine anything is fine i'm loving uh, the state that i'm in like yes okay. uh, i thought a big city exposure would be good but now i feel a small town is even better 
<laughs> right right okay. so you are in uh, like work from home mode from the time lockdown started or uh, like recently you again came back uh, to hometown oh i can precisely the name the date i am in work from home mode since 19th march 2020 Oh, it's almost two years. <laughs> yeah, it's more than two years. Around like more than uh, half years, two years and nine months. Oh, two years and nine months. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, so you mentioned that you started your career with a very big uh, Indian company, where uh, mm-hmm. it's it's like mass recruiter company. So uh, you uh, definitely underwent uh, went some trainings and uh, uh, in- induction sessions, right? and i believe uh, that was a very good one right because they they have lot good campuses and uh, good uh, teaching professionals te- uh, teaching you how industry works and all so how was that experience uh, if you can share so the experience was uh, i would say it was pretty different so being a day scholar i had no hostel exposure so okay there uh, what i had say more than my it like induction into it i had that hostel life i have lived okay. my host life over there uh, okay. it was for a very brief period of time say 6 or 8 months but i have lived my host life over there and uh, the second part coming to the induction and the training part it was rigorous it was very well organized and well designed so mm-hmm. that's the thing i mean like a lot of people from i i was from a non it background so mm-hmm. everything was new to me so people from it background also said that that the kind of education was imparted to us in college in a duration mm-hmm. of 4 years so mm-hmm. that was crammed up in 6 months and put inside them okay yeah so that is uh, what i have seen but yeah it taught me a few uh, quite a few things like my first time interaction with uh, people from foreign countries like there were a few japanese uh, mm-hmm. lads with us and uh, also exposure from people from different states and different parts of india so that was one exposure and uh, one thing yes i mean like handling the corporate environment that's what it basically taught me mm-hmm. so there are <coughs> yeah there are some foreign uh, uh, professionals also who joined with you for training purposes mm-hmm. it's a cross mixture yeah. like indians and foreigners ah uh, yes i mean like it was more of like they were not employees i think it was maybe some sort of exchange program i'm not exactly okay. sure okay uh, there are only two japanese lads with us so yeah that's all i okay. mean like they they are tremendously good like the japanese work ethics are through the roof <laughs> so um, so being there in that uh, environment and af- after that training uh, you joined the workplace right so where you started actual project real time projects working into then did you did you ever uh, think like no i should maybe pursue higher studies uh, in in mass business administration like mba sir or maybe more like technical education like mtech or phds anything that occurred to you okay so when i joined my work when the when i joined the workforce so yeah these thoughts did come into my mind but it was on the direction of a government job Huh. Okay. So uh, it came in the direction of a government job. So uh, I was not thinking of higher studies because uh, I was very clear about that. Uh, it's not my cup of tea. So I thought, okay, I'll try for government jobs. But uh, it's actually very difficult to concentrate when you are not in that environment because the people around you define your goals a lot of times. Mm-hmm. 
so the people around me were uh, enthusiastic about it they were uh, looking forward into switching companies and learning technologies so yeah i won't say that uh, i was passionate or something but happened life okay. happened things around me happened and i just went with the flow so yes i thought about uh, government job and uh, after that when i changed my first company that was the time of data science data science was all the hype mm-hmm. during that period yes. of time i researched a few organizations maybe i should join but yeah it did not happen uh, again i said life happened so i went yeah. with the flow and yes i believe it has worked pretty good for me and i'm still going with it <laughs> right right so yeah so uh, there are certain companies which allows uh, its employees to go for higher studies and in that case the company that you started with also sometimes uh, there are programs where it allows its employees to go for higher studies but always this kind of op- opportunities or options comes with the bond that after you complete your uh, masters or in higher education you have to come back to the organization and then continue your uh, employee activities work activities in that company so do you think it's good for an employee because they are getting to uh, learn high studies and uh, also they are being bonded for certain things uh yeah so, so the thing is yes the opportunity that the companies provide for higher studies it's a very welcome move uh, welcome move in a sense that uh, and the thing that you uh, mentioned about bond so see uh, it it has got like two sides i believe first side is your job is guaranteed right after you complete yeah. your masters your job is guaranteed yeah so that is a good uh, that is the rosy side of it uh, again the negative side is what if you are getting a better offer uh, you can miss out on that uh, yeah so my view on this is uh, the company investing on you the, it's a very welcome move for people who are coming from middle class or lower middle class backgrounds pursuing a higher study is a very costly affair uh, be it india be it abroad uh, so i think it's a very welcome move from the part of the company and coming to bonds uh, i think uh, there is no uh, legal purview for bonds in india i mean like uh, employee can opt uh, to leave the organization but he or she has to pay the amount that the company has spent mm-hmm. for the training i think no one can be bonded uh, as per indian law i mean like it can be challenged even like the company i joined also they also had some contracts that like you have to work for one year or two years but yeah people left but yes it can't be enforced as far as i am aware okay okay yeah that's a, that's a law actually i also read about it where you cannot be taken into court if you are uh, not uh, staying for the period yeah exactly they can ask for the amount that they paid for your training but they have to prove it that they did yeah yeah so uh, you mentioned that you have been working from home for almost 3 uh, years now i mean 2 years 9 yes. months now Uh-huh. so how has been that work experience like did you get a lot of pressure because you are work anyway work from home company is thinking he is available always i can call him any time and make him work so did you get those kind of pressure or how was it yes uh, that's an unfortunate scenario that i am seeing but i i would say uh, so having the experience to work uh, with indian iit companies as well as uh, german companies european companies i would yeah. say this culture of the employee being available 24 by 7 unfortunately exists uh, with us indians a lot more than okay. uh, europeans or americans so that's a very unfortunate scenario so uh, the thing about pressure i would say yes because uh, see if 
if I am thinking from the perspective of a manager, you are also a manager. Uh, yeah, yeah. I am aware that you will also agree with me uh, that if I can't see the employee, right? So if the work is not getting done, so there will be a thought in the back of my head that maybe he's not utilizing his time properly. Then so there will be a few checks. So uh-huh. that is a problem with work from home, but. Uh, it can be handled very decently if uh, the employee has good communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, there has to be proactive communication. That is the key. Proactive communication is the key. Uh, there has to be proactive communication. And uh, if anything that comes up, any issues, that has to be communicated immediately. So the key is proactive communication. If that is there, so the pressure is manageable. But nevertheless, I would say the pressure is there because let us say I need some help. Uh, if I was in office, it's a cubicle jump to get it. But here it is slightly difficult because the timings might not match. So mm-hmm. a lot of things come into play. And also I believe work from home scenario is uh, more hectic in a way that we are not getting much human interaction. So that is mm. very important for a person. So you are sitting in front of a screen. So it's mentally taxing that way. Mm. Yeah, because communication with the team also like face to face or physical communication also is important. You get to bond more. It's very important for us humans. It's very important for us. Yes. 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 You get to bond more. Exactly. I have like, I have made a few good friends and and that's good. I'm still in touch with them. It's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So uh, now, other than work, like what are your passions? Like where you uh, see yourself? Like you had, then a lot of people go through, like I have a passion for film. I have passion for cricket. I have passion for photography like that any passion that you had in mill from childhood itself that you wanted to explore okay wanted to explore yes so the fascination that i had with like uh, motorcycling uh, i i don't know if you heard of this uh, movie called motorcycle diaries uh, that okay. showcases the life of shego yeah so uh-huh. uh, that was one movie i saw that uh, he rides across south america uh, i think from he starts from buenos aires Mm-hmm. And I think he still Cuba. I think he goes to Cuba. So yeah, that fascinated me. And yes, I have started exploring that of motorcycling through. And yes, I have been from Tripura. I have been to Meghalaya. I have uh, covered the Spiti Valley, and okay. I have traveled to Hampi, and I have done road trip, a uh, few small road trips. And in future, I'm planning for a ride till North Sikkim from Tripura. So that top part also I'm planning to cover on my motorcycle. Let's see what happens. Right. <laughs> yes. So, uh, uh, what do you think of uh, that? You, you, I remember that in college we used to discuss it. You had a passion for military and defense. Uh, so, <laughs> where uh, are you in yes, that right now? Yes. <laughs> so, coming to Indian Army. Okay. So, I had this fascination with Indian Army from the very childhood because, like. I have, like, my father was in the police, so it's also a uniform service. So I have been in close vicinity of the uniform uh, since childhood, and it was a fascination for me. So I had no idea of how to become an officer in the Navy. My motivation came from movies, frankly speaking. Okay. So in when I was in class 9th, I believe, I came to know about National Defense Academy, but I had okay. no idea again how to enroll. I started okay. researching. So that is the... F- it was 2009 when I got my first exposure to internet. So <laughs> okay. then I started researching and came to know that there is an entrance exam for National Defense Academy. You have to write. Then there is a five-day interview procedure known as the Services mm-hmm. Selection Board. 
after which there is a medical round after which there is a merit list and if you are true you will join the national defense academy there are uh, yearly twice the entrance exam happens and it has a vacancy of at that time it had how many squadrons i think it had 15 squadrons uh, i think it had till i think i think it had till oscar squadron i believe so 15 squadron in o till o yeah till the letter o it had squadron so twice a year uh, they used to take the entrance exam and yes this was the entire procedure so the selection rate i did not know then but uh, the selection rate was very less around mm-hmm. uh, 1% maybe so i thought okay why not just give it a shot so i wrote the entrance exam for nda and luckily i cleared it the very first attempt and okay. uh, the time we met i had my call for ssb that time okay. so i went to ssb in ilhabad and yes it was a life changing experience it was a life changing experience because when you live in those army barracks for 5 days and the kind of people you meet mm-hmm. the kind of pa- passion they share with you the similar kind of passion that you guys share so that is a life changing experience so unfortunately i could not make but yes i did make other attempts during college and in fact i i am still trying i won't say i'm trying but i still have my hopes for a territorial army so there is a chance that indian army provides working citizens of india to serve in the armed forces as officers till the age of 42 so that is known as a territorial okay. army so there are infantry battalions there are infantry battalions uh, who are in territorial army even some infantry battalions are working with the rashtriya rifles so rashtriya rifles is actually uh, it is uh, uh, force of the indian army that is operating in kashmir and mm-hmm. counterinsurgency cicd basically mm-hmm. counterinsurgency counterterrorism operations uh, we have heard of rrl lot in mm-hmm. everything anything that comes out of kashmir has section of rashtriya rifles so yes so yes that is also and also the adventure part of it adventure mm-hmm. part of it is a aspect it's a very big aspect of joining down forces but so okay, that so uh, we, yeah that has motivation yeah so you mentioned that your motivations came from movies like was it from movies like laksha or border or anything like that or like you are inspired by us movies navy seal based movies okay so yes i would say uh, okay so there is a very interesting part okay uh, when we were kids right a tv show used to come known as parambir chakra yes yes so that that was pre kargil war that was pre kargil war yes so it showcased the life of all the paravi chakravinas okay yes. so so that is the one i got my exposure to indian army especially the life of second lieutenant arun khetripal so he okay. was 21 when he when he laid down his life and he got a paravi chakra he was a he was with the uh, i think he was with the armored corps he was a tank man so mm-hmm. that is the one that inspired me a lot so and later came laksh and laksh i would say is such a movie that has inspired a generation of soldiers yes, a generation of officers it has inspired yeah it's yes. a cult classic i, I mean like i can vouch for a movie and one such movie i would say border was one such movie and uh, in this generation i would say shersha can be one such movie yes. that will create another generation of army officers but laksh was one such movie that created a generation of army officers right Yeah, it was truly inspiring. If you if we see now also goosebumps will start coming up. Yes, yes, even after all this. Yes, yes, yes. yes absolutely. Yeah. So you mentioned that you uh, appeared for NDA exam. So like, maybe the pattern has changed now. Mm-hmm. But when you appeared for it, how was the pattern? Like, what do we need to uh, learn or study for so that we can appear for it? 
so um, anyone who's uh, preparing for nda i would say nda has got basically two papers okay so the first paper was arithmetic and second paper was general studies so general studies comprises of your english science and uh, your gk related questions your history geography everything and arithmetic like 10th level arithmetic till 10th level sure. arithmetic uh, the questions are there so for any science student science background student the arithmetic part and the science part would be easy and also english is also doable but a thing to look for should be gs so if anyone from science background is trying or aspiring to join national defense academy i would say they can buy books by various publishers like arihant and all they are there are various publishers i i should mm-hmm. not name one but there are yeah. almost all major publishers are publishing books for national defense academy and command defense services so i would say that they should go through the book uh, read basic newspapers i mean like that should suffice because uh, if your arithmetic is good your science is good your english is good if you are able to crack those then you will be able to at least get the cut off and uh, okay. that would be enough for your uh, that would be enough for your written exam and uh, it does not require a very hard level of preparation but yes again uh, the kind of preparation is needed it's different from je because you have to cover the arts related topics as well and later comes ssb and ssb is a entire ball game entirely different ball game in its own so when i started there were not much online material available but now there are umpteen number of online materials available yes. like how the ssb interview is and what you should follow there are live sessions that are happening every week days weekends on how you should approach the panel but again i would say it's a test of a test of personality okay it's not test of your knowledge okay because mm-hmm. and also the army says so that uh, the kind of guys that clear ssb are they're very average guys they mm-hmm. are they are not i have seen uh, i have seen guys who have played uh, hockey in asian level games getting rejected because mm-hmm. uh, uh, what the army looks for are something uh, we can google it it's called olqs there are 15 mm-hmm. of them olq means official like qualities so okay. how well you gel with the team how well you are aware of your surroundings how is your physical fitness everything matters everything matters so it's a test of personality i would say you can prepare for it preparing for ssb is like uh, changing uh, not changing your life means you you are updating your life choices you are upgrading your life choices so it's not like an exam that i prepare for it's not like a crash course that i prepare for 15 days i give the exam and stand no so if you have to prepare for ssb then you have to make some changes in your life you have to inculcate some discipline in your life and yes i think uh, it's very easily doable by anyone it's it's a it's a test of it's a test of personality they are not testing your knowledge they are not testing your physical prowess they are just testing your ability to gel they are testing your ability to handle pressure and they are just they are just testing that are you a trainable material or not can you be molded into an indian army officer that is what they are looking that's it okay so uh, you mentioned that is five day uh, interview process right so where you have you have to go some uh, up or some place right so where uh, there will be camps where all this will happen so what happens if you can break up day one to day five or it's like elimination rounds are there after first day you can be eliminated or it's like entire five days then you will be uh, getting to know the result right how it is from so your experience yeah so i would say so uh, ssb the way it is conducted uh, so army air force navy all of them uh, i think for doctors it's not there but all other branches they have to uh, go through the services selection board 
so there are a few uh, there is one in Allahabad that is of the Indian Army and Indian Navy there is one in Varanasi there is of the Indian Air Force there is one in Mysore and there was one in Gandhinagar that is again of Indian Air Force and uh, I think there is one in Bhopal and one more I believe in Kapoorthala is there somewhere in Kapoorthala one more is there so the way SSB works is it's a five day uh, five day interview process the, the very first day that you appear so there are two ways it can happen either you are a direct entry or you are coming from a written exam so if you are a direct entry direct in, in, entry in the sense that indian army has got various entry modes like there is tes technical entry scheme there is 10 plus 2 if you are scoring more than 70 percent in your pcm you can apply to join the indian army uh, as an officer in the technical section so you will basically serve in the electrical and mechanical engineers the core of eme or the sappers or the core of signals and uh, so in that case, so you are a direct entry. So and also if you have an NCCC certificate, you are eligible to directly sit for the SSB interview. So in those cases, what happens is you come in the morning, you have your preliminary round of tests that comprises of a thematic a perception test. We call it PPDT, picture mm-hmm. perception and description test. So picture perception and description test, the way it works, uh, you get a image and you have to write a story uh, and mind it. The image is such that you will perceive it different. I will perceive it different. It's not a very definitive image. Okay. So, so the way you perform, perceive the image and then again on this image, you will be divided into groups of say five or 10, depending on the size of the batch. It can go up till 15 or 20. I have not seen that. I have seen till 10. So what happens is you have to discuss in front of a panel. You have to discuss on the story and come to a conclusion. So that is day one. From that day almost. GD kind of it will happen. GD. Yes kind of a GD. Uh, so it's not exactly like a GD because in the beginning you narrate your own story, then you have a group discussion, okay. then you come to a conclusion. So okay. I think you were allotted some around three to five minutes for that. And uh, then uh, and on that very day, there is an elimination. So that elimination happens or like 40%, 40 to 50% of the batch is eliminated. But again, that's not a fixed number. If all of them are good, all of them will be in. If none of them hmm. are good, none of, none of them will be in. I've seen washouts as well. No one was selected. Okay. It can happen. It can happen that everyone is selected, but that's a very rare occurrence. So that is for if you are a direct entry. Now, hmm. what happens for the guy who was from NDA or CDS, which is conducted by UPSC? So you will be supposed to report in the afternoon somewhere, hmm. anywhere. Uh, and again, the direct entry, you are supposed to report at 6 a.m. Oh. Then that happens for air force as well that happens for air force as well i think for navy uh, for coast guards as well it happens but for indian army what happens uh, if you're at uh, if you're a direct entry you are supposed to report at 6 a.m and your day will be done by two hmm. either you are staying or leaving that's it and that is uh, what is planned for the day that's it after uh, after the result is out if you are in you go into the barracks you get your bedding you choose, uh, you go to your rooms you meet your friends and fine you have fun you play you are done for the day and what happens for someone who has come from UPC? So what happens? You are supposed to report at afternoon and you stay there for the day. You okay. meet your friends. Uh, there is nothing planned for that day. And the testing starts the next morning. Okay. So you are supposed to report at around, I think, 6 a.m. six to Between 6 to 7 a.m. You are supposed to report in the exam halls. And uh, and by that time, and army is very strict about how you are going to dress. You have to be dressed in formals. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you can't be in any provoking t-shirt or sneakers you have to be dressed in formals so again that 
uh, same test will happen that I mentioned PPDT, picture mm. perception, description, and GD. And again, that round happens if you're selected, you are in. If you're not selected, you are out. Done. Now, coming to those who are selected, the guys who are selected, they go to the barracks, they rest for the day, and next day is psychology. So, what happens in psychology test? So, there are a few tests, like there is a same picture writing test, then there is something like they will show you a word, uh, we call it what. Then TAT, what, SRT. So these are the three basic tests. So okay. what means they will show you a word for like 30 seconds. You have to write the first thing that comes in your mind by seeing that mm -hmm. word. You can incorporate that word. You can write an antonym of that word, however way you want. And something comes, situational reaction, as the name suggests. So they hmm. give you a situation how you react to it. So the way it is designed, it is supposed to bring out the real person inside you because the time frame will be so less you can't fake it. Mm, right. You can't fake it. So that goes day that goes day one of round two. Okay. First round was the elimination round. That oh. goes day one of round two. Then okay. the next day comes GTO. That is uh, ground group testing officer. It's a GTO day one, GTO day two. So what happens in GTO day one? So GTO day one, you will have group task. You will uh, in GTO day one, you will, you will have lecture. You will have a uh, group discussion and I think you will have military planning as well. Okay. So all these are uh, military planning. So military planning is they will give you a scenario that has got usually four steps of problems. So that mm -hmm. will be in severity. Maybe you guys are going somewhere. There is a problem you saw as go as uh, young individuals, how you are going to tackle the situation. Okay. So that is one like, yeah, again, it's like how you can gel with the group. It's mm -hmm. a test mm -hmm. of Group discussion and test of group group unity and then comes uh, GD is there normal GD then there is a test of lecture it you are supposed to give an impromptu lecture for three minutes on a, any topic that might come up topic is not of your choice they give you three choices you can choose either and there is there are some tasks uh, tasks in the sense that they you will be given some obstacles and some helping materials and some sets of rules so you have okay. to cross those obstacles as a group. As mm. a group, the challenge is there. So you have to formulate plans and you have to agree to a plan and then make the group pass. So, so there is full group task, then there is half group task, command, and a lot of things are there. So the GTO goes for day, two days. And during those two days, a person can have their interview. The personal interview with the interviewer, either with the chairman of the board or the deputy chairman. So they are usually of the rank of lieutenant colonel, colonel or brigadier. I have seen either colonel or brigadier. So those ranking officers will take your interview. And after your interview is done, so that is so far it's four days already. Uh, it's three days in round two. And the last day would be your conference. Okay. So what happens in conferences? So the entire panel will sit in front of you in their uniforms. Mm -hmm. They will be wearing uniforms in that day. If you are a civilian candidate, you will be going inside uh, in your formals. You'll be hmm. greeting the board and they will ask, how was your stay? How was everything? How was the experience? And then they will ask you to leave. Hmm. If not, they might ask you some situational reaction test or maybe somewhere during the testing of three days, some point they might have found out about you. Maybe let us say during the interview, the interviewer asked you something and he was not convinced by the answer. He may ask that in the conference. Again, that's not a norm or anything. It might happen. It's totally on the discretion of the interviewer. Okay. So it, it might happen and you're supposed to leave that conference lasts for 30 seconds or something. And after the conference is done, so your results will be declared. 
so okay. results usually is declared by the gto i think so the results will say who got through the conference hmm. so going through the conference means you have crossed the testing hurdle where you had some input because after that is medical test you have no you have got no control over it yes. you are how you are correct so it's around like 3 to 4 days of medical and then you wait for the medicist that's okay. how the testing procedure is Great. After one, let's say, cleared all the rounds of SSB as well as the medical. So, what will be the next next step if he or she is uh, now? I think girls are also allowed, right, in defense. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. Girls were allowed in defense from previously. They were not allowed in combat role. First, mm-hmm. uh, they were allowed in combat role. Recently, ah, uh, they were allowed to the CSM glacier as well. So, yes. the first uh, one was Captain Shiva Chauhan. Ah, uh, she went recently. Uh, yes so so that is one thing that has happened and now girls are uh, allowed in national defense academy as well so it was previously the time i applied it was only guys but now also both uh, male and female cadets both uh, men and lady cadets are are allowed to the academy so coming to your question when you asked what happens after uh, this round of testing so then you wait for the merit list so <clears throat> so there are set number of seats so so the merit list will come so the top let's say top 300 or 400 people will get selected so if you are appearing for national defense academy so yes you will have like the 300 seats to you and yes so mm-hmm. you will join national defense academy you will have references uh, when you join national defense academy it can be either army navy or air force but there is a option that you can change uh, in the next terms i'm not sure about that i have heard about it but you can change your service maybe you have opted for army you joined through army and later you shifted to navy or air force so that is there but if you're joining any service academies after your graduation let us say indian military academy or officers training academy air force academy or naval academy <coughs> excuse me Related. So after you join, uh, let us say after the academies you join after your graduation, let us say Indian Military Academy, Air Force Academy, or Naval Academy. Mm-hmm. So in those academy academies, uh, the training is usually for one and a half years. So mm-hmm. what happens there is uh, yes, you will be given the basic training of the the Indian Army training, the basic training, and yes, then you will be assigned your regiment, and then uh, you will. you will join there will be a passing out parade so as we have seen in laksh yes. so there is a passing out parade those famous chetfoot words so so after that uh, yes you will join join any regiment or anything like you will make the selection i have not gone so far so i am not i'm not the best person to say about it but yes yes so uh, so what happens is yes you you get assigned your regiment so it can be an infantry regiment or armored corps or artillery or maybe some technical regiment so yes you do on uh, you get on with your job but uh, what i've heard training does not step stop there after you are assigned to a regiment you have to get trained over there as well on that mm-hmm. particular trait that you mm-hmm. are assigned so if you are in a technical regiment then you have to learn the tools of the trade yes if you remember yes. during our during our college days uh, when we are in final year and undergoing our placements uh, interviews and all indian army came into our campus to recruit engineers yes yeah so what division of uh, indian army will the engineers go if they are selected like any yeah, on that 
Yeah, so there are a few sections of Indian Army where engineers play the role. Like there are sappers, uh, mm-hmm. like the civil engineering section of it, the one who builds bridges, clearing landmines, all those are part of the sappers. So then there is a core of EME, electrical and mechanical engineers. Mm-hmm. Then there is core of signals. So they handle the communications part of it. So those are the basic places that an engineer can join the Indian Army. So the scheme that Indian Army came through, it is known as University Entry Scheme, UES. Mm-hmm. So so the cadet who is selected through that, they have to, they are again, they, they will be considered a direct entry, the one that we mentioned. Oh, okay. So previously in the podcast, they will be considered direct entry. And again, 6 a.m. they have to report and everything happens. And they will be joining Indian Military Academy. Okay. I am Indian in. Military Academy. I am in. So, and there is one more scheme like TES, the one I mentioned previously in yes. the podcast, technical entry scheme for 10 plus 2 science mm-hmm. folks. That is, if you have 70% plus in PCM, they will be joining OTA Gaya specifically for them, Officers Training Academy Gaya. So, yeah, okay. that's the difference. Okay. Great. Uh, that, that is a great insight that you put for, forward for, against uh, the Indian Army and its uh, recruitment process. Thank you for that. I and think the aspirants uh, get whatever they want. I I wish that every guy, every guy should should at least try to join the defense forces. And if they went through, well and good. Whether they wish to serve or not, it's their choice. But ask if you ask me, yes, they should serve at least a few years. It's a life-changing experience. At least the interview process itself is a life-changing experience because the kind of people you meet uh, and the kind of life you lead. So, yes, uh, it teaches you one thing. You make bond when you share a trauma. Mm. I have made good friends over there because, yes, uh, the interview process is, since we are from civilian background, I would say a little bit hectic for us. Because we are not accustomed to waking up at 4 a.m. in the morning, right? So, yeah. So, that is that is the thing. So, yeah. So, I believe every every man, woman, anyone should should at least try to join the Defense Forces once in their life. If they can make it through, well and good. Yeah. You may take it up as like service to the nation or anything. But I would say take it up as uh, your personality de- development class. Like, it's experience that will change your personality. It, it will change your life views. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, if you know that, that that Singapore and South Korea, they have mandatory rules that every citizen has to undergo two years of mandatory serving in the army. So, uh, how much that is helpful if you think like for a country like India with 130 plus crore citizens. So, how much useful that will be if that part uh, is implemented in India? So, uh, I think Israel also has something like that. Yeah, so exactly. Considering considering Israel and South Korea, so they are facing the threat of invasion continuously. Mm. So, and they are very small nations. So they need a reserve of people who are ready to fight. So that mm. is why I believe the mandatory conscription came into being. Consider India, we have the second largest army in the world and we are soon going to be the largest army in the world. I think India does not take conscription. India does not take conscription uh, because Indian youth is more than willing to join the Indian Army because yes. we have to see the kind of crowd uh, comes when there is a rally there, when there is army bharti going on, 
or when there is a ssb interview the kind of enthusiasm yes. our youth has so i don't think so conscription is important for india but yeah what i believe is important uh, people should be made more aware about the career choices in indian army yes yes people should be made more aware because uh, when i see myself when i was appearing for nda there was nothing there hmm. no coaching institutes no coaching institutes advertising nda they were like je pmt at, at our time was a triple s pmt so yes. they were like pmt a triple that's it that's it take it and go so no one had mentioned nda and when i came to later period after the college no one mentioning cbs now it pleases me to see that it has come into their uh, pro forma or whatever uh, you like in in their curriculum it has come so i think people should be more made more aware like these entrances are there what is happening what hmm. the army is doing what kind of job opportunities and now i i believe there is a youtube channel called adgpi indian army this is the hmm. official channel of indian army they are doing a great job like the kind of videos that they are making to motivate yes. the youth i i think yeah it's it's a very right step uh, right thing that's happening i think conscription won't be important for india because uh, we are not facing a continual threat of invasion as south korea or israel hmm. but uh yes again yeah so the, the thing is we should be made more aware and right. i think uh, the youth youth will do that best So also you mentioned that you uh, aspire or you still looking forward for territorial army. Like what is a territorial army? If you can say because being a com- commoner, even I am not aware of all those. So like me, there are millions of people. <laughs> so yeah. So what is a territorial army? I believe Mahendra Singh Dhoni also is a captain in territorial army. So yeah. Ah, uh, he's uh, a lieutenant colonel with the lieutenant colonel with the parachute regiment. Uh, I yes. think he is a lieutenant colonel with 106th infantry. 106th uh-huh. infantry is a para uh, para SF regiment. So I think it's headquartered in Bangalore. Uh huh. Okay. So what are so the territorial army? What? Like? So territorial army is uh, so there are two parts. There is regular army and there is territorial army. So uh, territorial army is more of like in so the purpose that territorial army came into being was if there is a war. the regular army will fight and uh, rest other things will be taken care of by the territorial army so it's okay. uh, it would be like it uh, now it has become that it the indian army provides working youth working men up till the age of 42 a chance hmm. to serve in the army not in the regular army you will not be a permanent member of the army you won't get a permanent commission it would be like you will be serving i think around 3 to 6 months a year mm-hmm. and rest of the period will be continuing your profession whatever you are into now let us mm-hmm. consider our case we are in the corporate sector so mm-hmm. if we join territorial army we, we will have to render our service for late let's say 3 to 6 months a year and mm-hmm. then uh, rest of the rest of the time we will be uh, allowed to continue our life and the pay will be for those 3 uh, 3 to 6 months but life is not less challenging it is equally challenging as the regular army because yes as i mentioned there are uh, ta battalions in the rashtriya rifles as well mm-hmm. so okay. so that is the thing so it is not less challenging so i would say yes anyone who aspires to join the territorial army yeah it, it's a very welcome move just write the exam and see where life takes you yeah so uh, we are discussing about indian army recruitment process in not only indian army we are discussing about naval 
Philippines as well as Air Force Union. So basically, defense uh, staff of India. So, uh, but in recent years, there have been some interactions with our neighboring countries in terms of uh, clashes or strikes, surgical strikes. So, what do you think of that without being politically uh, things? Ah uh, yes, I will remain a political, and an yeah. army should be kept out of politics always. Yes. So yes, so coming to surgical strikes, uh, I would say, I I don't know. I mean, the thing is that Indian Army always had the capability. If you ask me, I believe uh, to conduct yes. such surgical strikes. And yes, uh, <clears throat> when it came to Uri, the surgical strike that happened in response to Uri, it was I think it was necessary. it was yes. necessary because we can't let anyone to to attack on our soldiers in our land mm-hmm. and when it came happened in myanmar again i would say we can't let that happen in our land i mean like you can't it was a message that needed to be sent that you can't hide if you strike us so yes. i think the surgical strikes were a very necessary move and the balakot air strike that happened yes there were other moves as well like uh, i think somewhere in the early 2000s or somewhere a mig 25 it yes. crossed pakistani airspace and it came back just to show that we have the capability to strike at our own whimsy so yes i think indian army and indian air force and indian navy are more than capable to respond to any attacks that may be caused by anyone and coming to china what they are doing is uh, i have recently heard a lot of podcasts and read some news about it so what they try to do is uh, they try to do salami slicing salami slicing mm-hmm. means they will uh, inch inside one inch at a time one inch at a time they will take mm-hmm. take your territory so china is trying to assert its dominance in the southeast asian theater but yeah i think indian army is more than capable of tackling it so we have been doing it we have we are giving them befitting replies i don't know a lot about what's happening like yes maybe you have lost some territory i won't go into the nitty gritty because again it we might don't know the entire detail so, yeah. because not yeah, everything is in public domain yet exactly not everything is in public domain yet but i think yes so indian army is more than capable of giving china or pakistan a very befitting reply and yeah yes we are in safe hands yeah so yeah as you mentioned that chinese army is uh, going for a every inch uh, policy where they are trying to do inch by inch and they are doing it in ladakh mm-hmm. sector they are doing in arunachal sector and this is not new that we are coming across in the news they are trying it from 2000s uh, and maybe before that as well from 1962s or as well so uh, while having all this we never had this any alteration uh, like combat situation before but do you think the chinese army uh, is being more aggressive now for some reasons after, from the time covid started because this is in the on the rise after covid that's what i feel because that's the news coming up and we read according do you think it's a, their like fast tra- track strategy to acquire more space and land yes uh, i believe so because as you mentioned because uh, in ladakh sector in the northern side of pangong so they were doing it they were doing it in uh, galwan mm. so where we where a lot of our soldiers and officers lost their lives and they are also recently did it in yangtze so yes i think they have fast tracked to acquire as much land and assert dominance actually it's not about land it's about asserting dominance mm. asserting dominance in the southeast asian theater that china is a force to reckon with 
and mm. we have the dominance over our neighbors so i think it is that policy that's happening because when it's coming to altercation so altercation what happens usually is you know that uh, indian army patrols the border which it perceives to be its land and china mm. perceives the border uh, perceives the places where it perceives to be its land again uh, the lac is not clearly defined in a lot of places so mm. altercations do happen but what happened this time around i think uh, maybe they had created some forward bases which mm-hmm. they were not moving mm. so when confronted by the indian army the altercation happened and <clears throat> i think in the galwan region they they had started construction constructing some villages uh, constructed some villages which were they had like they bought in heavy building equipment heavy building material which when was opposed by the indian army and they started the altercation happened so yes so if somebody asks me if war is on the horizon i don't think so because both the countries are more than aware that war is bad for business so they will not they will not go into war but i think it will be solved more politically diplomatically and economically i hope it gets solved that way because that would be good for both the nations actually we have our neighbors who are nuclear equipped we have pakistan who is mm-hmm. nuclear equipped and china anyway uh and politically if you see china is uh, helping pakistan directly or indirectly so do you think this two can uh, merge or collaborate and do something against india which they already might be doing in uh, kashmir base no i don't think so that would be a problem maybe if you ask me like uh, china and pakistan have been friends for quite some time mm-hmm. okay uh, so during 1971 also there is this fear that chinese might attack but mm-hmm. that did not happen uh and uh, see it was i would say they are more of like frenemies friendly enemies i mean like mm-hmm. in in international relations side everything is based on mutual interests there is nothing like a true friend okay so it's like mm-hmm. if the interests match then only it happens okay so i don't think so it india possesses any fear that two might combine their forces and attack india i don't think so that that would happen Yeah, because so. all other allies of india also will then come into picture and it will become a world war in that case ah uh, yeah in that scenario it would become a world war because yeah world war is not in the horizon and more than pakistan china is a threat to us now if i have to say a threat uh, because if we i am saying economically if we see the fiscal dip- mm. deficit with china it's rising actually so that way i feel china is a threat to us we should concentrate more on our industries and yes our defense forces are there they will protect us nevertheless yes okay so uh, we talked about uh, recruitment process in the army we talked about uh, our neighboring uh, political situations so uh, now a few quick questions that i might have missed on the uh, previous uh, discussion like you mentioned nda exams right so for that what is the requirement education requirement can as a uh, undergrad who just passed out from school plus 2 can they appear for it or like what is a degree or anything required so national defense academy is meant for people who have just passed out of from school so they offer you a, a three years program in national defense academy and one year program in any of the training academies like air force navy or army so in three years you get your degree mm-hmm. so you can get your degree in science or ba bsc and all those degrees you can get and alongside your training mm-hmm. and uh, and again then you will be uh, i think the degree started from 1977 prior to that if you join nda you are you are still 10 plus 
you did not get a degree but yes but you were trained you were trained mm-hmm. in uh, but and you were uh, taught the uh, like tools of the trade like military military training and everything have been taught but post 1977 they are get they are giving degrees so anyone who joins the nda they will come out of a three year degree course a regular three year degree course yes so it is for 10 plus 2 people uh, the age limit is i think 18 years so anyone okay. who is below 18 years please go and apply okay and uh, we we see or we meet a lot of people who are retired from from the army so is there a specific age to retire from the army or paramilitary in the case of navy air force anything or it's voluntary any time you can take i don't know exactly about that okay. i don't have much knowledge about that okay okay no worries no coming back to corporate it's from india yeah so uh, do you think because uh, the inflation rate in india also is rising and china also and which is uh, haunting us also the superpower now so do you think any recession is going to come in the coming future and it will impact the job market Oh, see, I have heard that recession is coming. Recession is coming. It might hit in March. It might hit in Feb. But if I see the recruitment scenario that is happening, uh, I would say it's better than ever. I mean, like better yes. than ever. I won't say as good as 2021, but it is still. It has not come down. Yeah. <laughs> the company. The def- definitely, that the companies know something that we don't. Uh, I think yeah, recession would be something that will haunt us. Uh, in the corporate employees but i think if your basics are clear your work your work ethics are at the right place mm-hmm. i think you don't have anything to fear okay now given a chance that uh, you go back in time and you have to advise something to younger amla what will you suggest yourself okay so if i have to go back in time i would suggest only one thing think less do more Uh, think less, do more. Why? Because I feel I have missed out a lot of opportunities by overthinking it. So okay. that is what I would say. So I would suggest my younger self: you should think less and like try, try things out, try more things out. Just jump into it. Don't don't worry about what might happen, what might not happen, and be more focused in what you are doing. So I would suggest that to my younger self. Great, great. Great. I think we're at the end of our discussion for this. Thank you, Amran, for uh, putting out your thoughts and uh, ideas and the information that you are aware of and your experiences. Thank you. It was insightful and knowledgeable as well. Thank you. It was a fun experience for me as well. It was uh, the best part was I was catching up with you after a long time. Also, through this yes. podcast, I could like. Uh, I I could get an opportunity to say I mean like what I feel about my life about the uh, corporate culture and about my passion my aspirations and yes it was it was a very interesting one for me and the way you took it it was it was really really nice and yeah I have been following your podcast as well I think you are doing a very good job and yes uh, yeah. I'm Thank looking you. forward to it looking forward that we also can be the TRS someday. We'll be the TGP. The geeky part. Yeah, yeah, we'll be TGP. Yeah, yeah. The journey is a long way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, why not hope for it? Why not aim for it? Yes. Yes. Thank you.